Multnomah County has a rare contested race for a judge position, filling the seat of Judge Gregory F. Silver, who is retiring. Four candidates are vying for the role. We have another candidate to introduce you to today. We have Rima Gandor, a candidate for Multnomah County Circuit Court Judge. Rima has over two decades of experience as a civil law attorney. Welcome to the show, Rima. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing this morning? Good. Uh, hats off to all of you with the early morning um, radio show. <laughs> Thank you. Some some mornings it's a little tricky, <laughs> but it's better I'm when the sure. sun is out. And today looks like it's going to oh. be another beautiful day. It sure does. Well, first off, tell us what tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're running for Multnomah County Circuit Court Judge. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm a proud Arab American. I'm an Im- immigrant. I immigrated to the U.S. when I was 18 uh, by myself and um, fell in love with uh, the legal system here. I grew up in Lebanon. I grew up in Iraq um, and a couple other uh, countries in the Middle East. Uh, I can tell you for sure uh, Iraq under Saddam did not have a legal system like you would find here. I've had friends whose parents have been taken in the middle of the night not to show up again. Um, in Lebanon, uh, unfortunately, uh, bribery is huge. So when I came here and studied um, in undergrad, I fell in love with the political system. I fell in love with the legal system, decided to go to law school, um, and fell in love with the ideals of uh, what the legal system should be or means. Um, through practice, I slowly discovered that, you know, the ideals are there. We all need to uh, strive to get there. But um, in practice, the ideals are not there. Mm-hmm. So um, fast forward through working through several years, I, uh, in the last few years, uh, there's been such an attack on the judicial system, and it is one of our pillars of our democracy. Personally, I have been terrified being a Muslim, being an Arab, being an immigrant, that a lot of our rights are being stripped away, Um, talking to different communities of color. um, That was a fear that was held by everybody. And I decided after the Muslim ban and doing volunteer work for that, that I would run for judge, put my privileges aside, which everybody, you know, if you're a lawyer, you have plenty uh, put them aside and continue my community work in a way that uh, ho- hopefully helps uh, increase trust in our judicial system and present representation that is not currently uh, available in Multnomah County in Oregon and frankly almost uh, anywhere in the U.S. Mm. And you've said a little bit about this, but as you look at this race, as you think of the days and weeks and months ahead as we reemerge from this pandemic, What's at stake in this election? Well, at stake is, I mean, this is a local election. This is where your vote counts one-to-one in uh, where people are making decisions about your personal life every day. So most people uh, appearing before the court are not there because it's a good thing. Once in a while it is. You're getting married or you're adopted, right? It's a very stressful uh, situation. Having somebody that you can going to fair to you that they are going to and that are going to be able to look at the whole picture before they decide something very important in their own life is 
paramount for you to make a decision on who makes it to that bench. Mm -hmm. What makes a good district court judge? In my opinion, it is um, somebody who's always going to be prepared, right, Um, that will read and uh, look at the issues. But more important than that is somebody who the public can trust. Because if you don't have trust from the public that the person uh, making your decisions about you is going to be fair, is going to understand you, is not going to judge you because you look different, you sound different, you are different, right? They're not, that's not what is going to be a deciding factor or even a small factor in their decision, in their overall decision. Um, That, having that ability, having the ability to understand different cultures, having the ability to uh, look at the whole picture and not just um, one or two factors. I think that's what makes a good judge. But also going out in the community, being very active uh, in terms of not activism, mm-hmm. but being out there, listening to people's concerns because you do decisions. And um, if you don't go out and see how those decisions are actually affecting everyday people, mm-hmm. you don't know if these decisions are are actually good decisions. So it's important to be um, out and part of the community and um, the surrounding community. And what has that looked like for you? How have you made sure to stay connected to communities potentially most impacted by the judicial system? Yeah, this is, um, unfortunately for me, it's part of my community, <laughs> my um, uh, part of like my, um, the Arab and immigrant community, which I've been very involved with. Um, for a long time, um, DACA recipients, doing all that volunteer work, uh, getting involved with different organizations that uh, try to uh, assist uh, marginalized people. That's been sort of part of my community service since I, well, since before I moved to Oregon, but since I moved to Oregon in 2002 and have my kids here. So I'm already part of the community. I'm already active, and it would just ensure that I don't stop being part of them. I accept um, invitations. Obviously, your work changes. You can't be um, an advocate anymore, but you can be there. You can go to a naturalization um, ceremony, and instead of going as an attorney, you go with a judge just to introduce yourself, right? To be mm-hmm. like, this is this is one of your judges. I'm here. You know, you shouldn't be scared. Mm. As you think about your career and your life, what has best prepared you to transition from being an attorney to a judge? I think my passion for people. Um, I've always, um, it's it's my passion for people and it's my ability and desire to improve things around us. I've, I've always had that. I've never been an inactive person. I always look around me, whether it's at work or at home or in my community and go, what what can I do to improve things? And I will be bringing that to the bench because it's very important. There are internal procedures that have been happening, you know, going the same way for years without anybody questioning why they are that way. Mm-hmm. There needs to be an active lens to say, is this actually a fair procedure? Is this equitable? Is this inclusive? Mm-hmm. And then my passion for people. I mean, I think you have to care about people uh, because they are, whether it's a company or a person, there's people behind companies and there's people. So you have to be passionate about giving them equity, inclusivity, and justice. 
you just made reference to some of the the structure, the procedures that need attention. What are some examples of some of those that you want to tackle as judge? Um, I can give you an example of something I've already uh, tackled that, um, so I've been very involved with the legal community too. I just finished my presidency of the Multnomah Bar Association. And as part of that, uh, we had heard that there were some issues with physical access to the courthouse, mm -hmm. not in Multnomah, mm -hmm. well, in Multnomah County, but more in other counties. So I started an ad hoc committee to talk to the court about it. And during that process, um, got my mom's uh, jury summons and I'm looking at it and there was nothing in there about um, accessibility to the mm -hmm. courthouse and how who you would contact if you need um, assistance with accessibility and that was something that's been going on for years and years and years and I was able to uh, point that out to the committee and we brainstormed on how we can make it better and how to improve the website uh, to make accessibility information more available. And now the jury summons have a box about how to contact Multnomah um, County. So this is an example of a procedure, I mean, an internal procedure that's been going on for, I don't know, 30 years, 40 years, oh, many wow. years. But nobody was looking at it with a very active lens. And being able to do that, um, we were able to increase access to the courthouse. Wow. That's that's uh, it's a bit shocking to imagine that 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 was uh, was an oversight or it wasn't you know I assume it wasn't an intentional oversight but uh, glad to I, I don't think it was an intentional oversight I think when it was done um, it just sometimes you just have to look around you and go okay this is going on how do I make it better yeah right and what was the how process we... what was the process like to get that fixed was it an easy what was fix? The... What was the process like to get that fixed? Was it a complicated process? Did it take a lot of time? No, actually, it was not. It was the next time they ran out of, uh, uh, they had to print new jury summons to <laughs> wow. add that box and to just update the website. And again, it's not, it was not an intentional thing. It's just, there are so many little things around and you need people looking at them to improve them, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Fascinating. So as you think about your role as judge and the the needs that you've seen firsthand or know of in this community, what areas are a priority for you as a judge? What areas of civic life do you think you'll be addressing as judge that you want to want to talk about? So, so one of the saddest thing I think we see in the in the courthouse and the legal system is really access access mm -hmm. to attorneys and access to services. Now, as a judge, you can't—you don't write the laws, right? right? But you can be on task force that uh, talks to legislatures about how the laws they've written are affecting um, this, uh, marginalized communities. Mm -hmm. um, you, get a, you get a lot of cases that involve houseless people and uh, drug, drug addictions. And we have a pretty good program in Multnomah County, but again, there's always need for improvement in trying to work with the legislatures to try to figure out uh, more access to services because there is when somebody's coming in front of you because they're houseless and that's the crime um, or that's why the crime is committed whatever mm -hmm. the crime is like uh, urinating in public right that's not because they are they want to do that there's not enough facilities there's not enough mm -hmm. uh, help for them to be able to not urinate in public right mm -hmm. so uh, working on those are um, paramount for me and making sure that everybody is respected and treated like they deserve to be the mm -hmm. humans they are 
So you're going to see and have seen as an attorney the disparity that exists in our community, the lack of services, the gaps in policy and legislation that, you know, what that was created without having a sense of the intersectional identities that that might be disproportionately impacted by those policies. What as you think about the role that you would play as judge, what is justice? Emily? Yeah, Rima, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I okay. didn't hear the last part of your question. Okay. Um, as you think about uh, the community that you will see through the, the, the eyes of a judge and you encounter the disproportionate impact that uh, policies, laws, ordinances have on our community, how do you define justice? Yeah, I've been, you know, that's always been something on my mind. I mean, you can't have justice without fairness, right, mm. and equity. You can't have that justice without it. You can have fairness and not have justice. I mean, justice is, um, if you look at it at the very narrow definition of following the, the exact law, there are plenty of unjust laws out there. Mm -hmm. um, so, unfortunately, a judge can't not apply the law, but... Um, there are guidelines that you can look at the whole picture and um, try your best to make it as equitable and just as possible. But the first step is you have to be able to have fairness and inclusivity mm -hmm. and equality. I mean, you, you know, if you take somebody who is hearing impaired and they can't hear the proceeding, um, I, I don't know how you get fairness or justice at that point. Or somebody who has a language... Uh, who needs an interpreter um, and they're not treated uh, properly by the court and respectfully, you can't get justice. Mm -hmm. hmm. So there are four candidates in this race. What makes you stand out from the other candidates in the race? Yeah, um, I mean, there's good candidates, but I do stand out. I, I have an intersectional lens. I come... I grew up in war um, in two different countries, moving from one place to the other, depending on the war situation um, in each country. I have um, experienced both um, in-house uh, government, uh, private, my own company. I uh, own my own firm for seven years, and we are based on making sure that all of our um, staff and employees have a work balance. So I come from, um, I understand small business, I understand government, I understand uh, corporate, I, so I have that um, background, but I also have my personal background. Again, I, um, there are many, you can actually go online and uh, find on YouTube my immigration talk and it talks about what I grew up with and um, the challenges that make me especially able to understand trauma and how trauma can affect what you do. And then I have the, a very active lens. It's not just an intersectional lens that I have that I don't do anything about it. I work to make sure that that lens is looking around and fixing things when they need to be fixed. Mm. So we're going to have lots of folks to vote for in this primary. This judge election is one of them. If someone has never voted for a judge before, how would you give them advice on evaluating the candidates that they see on the ballot? Yeah. 
I think um, one of the, I mean, obviously go and check everything they can, but but see who's done work for not recently, not because it's their job. Who has gone beyond uh, to help communities? Who has gone, um, who's been doing it longest? Who's been doing it uh, more actively? I think that is important because um, you want to look at the attorney who's running for judge's entire um, career and not just recent activities. Um, so I think that's very important because it will tell you who they are. Uh, I think it's important, again, to look beyond just what is their job, but what have they done be beyond their job? Because we all have different jobs and we may do it, but what is their volunteering uh, background? What have they done for uh, different communities that is not just because that's their uh, job to do. Mm. As you thought about running for judge, of course, you had, a, I'm sure, a campaign plan laid out, having a global pandemic uh, now interrupts some of those plans. How, how has your campaign changed in the last month or so due to COVID-19? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're all home, right? So mm -hmm. all of the canvassing events with different communities uh, like we just ha um, we're supposed to be going uh, this weekend to the Lao New Year's, uh, all of those have been canceled. So now it's moved online as best as we can, um, you know, and we are reassessing what can, you know, because all the normal campaigning activities are gone. But, you know, again, I consider ourselves so fortunate for um, living where we are in, for me personally, I've lived through worse. I've lived in bunkers, during, you know, shelters during bombing. So this is, in a way, um, not as painful as that. Um, but it has affected all of our lives and definitely the campaign. And so what we've do been doing a lot of virtual um, Zoom parties. <laughs> lots of lots of Zoom. Yes, that's the too much Zoom. <laughs> too much Zoom. <laughs> that's now the new the new way to to communicate. It's so fascinating to see how we've evolved so quickly. What does an endorsement process look like for a judge position? Yeah, it's um, it's a it's an interesting one, right? Because sometimes you get the endorsements from people you already know or that are friends, and then you get endorsements. Um, you know, you reach out to people that don't know you and explain to them and show them who you are and get the endorsements as that way. I'm very very, very proud of my union endorsements. Um, I'm also proud I have three past the presiding judges from Multnomah County who have endorsed me and uh, some of um, the elected officials uh, that I'm very uh, happy with their endorsements. You can check them out on my website, uh, which is Rima for Judge. That's great. We have a listener. More, more meaning. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say the meaningful ones for me are ones that didn't know me before and mm -hmm. got to sit and meet with me and look at my history and give me their endorsements. Mm. So we have a listener question. If, in your judgment, a lawyer is doing an inadequate job of representing his or her client, what do you think is appropriate for a judge to do? Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, it depends. Because if it's a um, hired attorney, I mean, not all lawyer skills are the same, and there are better lawyers and 
um, lawyers that are not good. If they've crossed the line where it is uh, malpractice, I think you can reach out to the Oregon State Bar and um, let them know that there is inadequate um, representation. But it's a it's a it's a hard line, and it just will really have to depend on case by case. If it is somebody who is self-represented going against another um, lawyer who is uh, maybe doing some sharp practices, I think you can stop that in your courtroom and tell them that that is not okay. Is there a difference if it's a civil case versus a criminal case? Well, a civil case, um, again, it's um, it, usually it's somebody you've hired mm-hmm. um, because we we don't have uh, other than legal aid um, free representation uh, of people so I think it's a harder line to cross because this is the person the person appearing in front front of you decided to hire I think with a criminal case it um, I, I would look at it as the standard is a, a little bit higher because um, this is people's um, ability to be free. Mm. So if the representation is really bad, I think um, something needs to probably be done. What are some of the cases in your career that have that have changed your life? Ooh. Um, one of sort of the closest cases to my heart, I had a... Uh, lady come in through a recommendation and she had been uh, um, a pedestrian and was hit by a driver uh, a drunk driver and um, the driver had gone over her twice like they went they hit her and then they backed up and um, and she was in the ICU for a while but what I loved about and we ended up getting a great resolution for her But what I loved about it is I loved the client. I loved, um, after all of that, you would think she would have been better um, wanting punishment for the drunk driver. And she was so gracious and so amazing. And all she wanted the drunk driver to do was go out and uh, educate people on why it is not okay to drive and drink. I mean, drink and drive. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the cases... um, that I I just loved my client so much and um, was so happy to see her not being punitive but being restorative in what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, another case uh, was one that we ended up taking to the Supreme Court. We had won a trial and it was against one of the insurance companies and uh, it allowed um, they had denied uh, giving an attorney to a company that was getting sued, and we we were able to get that uh, to the Supreme Court, get a great decision that um, makes it much harder for insurance companies to deny um, giving somebody they insure uh, an attorney. Mm-hmm. So those are two of the cases that come to mind. Mm. Have you had situations in your career that really made you question your ability to impact change as an attorney? Yeah, I mean, as an attorney, as an attorney, um, you can do, you can bring cases like the one I just talked about that does mm-hmm. change things, not just for your client, but for um, other potential um, people. 
but just the everyday everyday stuff you can make somebody's life better uh, but unless you change um the rules and the laws it's hard to do that but i love my volunteering work mm-hmm. he's coming in and watching um people you know start to uh, blossom and I can't tell you how amazing that experience and maybe it's not changed on the big big picture but sitting with a family of six or seven who have never been out of a refugee camp and they're here now and their kids are in school it's just and, and helping them with their paperwork is something um, I can't even put value on mm. where do you find examples of hope that really sustain your vision for equity through the judicial system? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, I think when you see somebody like um, um, are we, at the Supreme Court level actually make a difference, mm-hmm. when you see the lawyer volunteers that came out during the Muslim ban, um, we started a uh, go to the Portland airport and meet people, and so many people volunteered, not just in Oregon or Portland, all over the U.S. Seeing something like that really sustains me um, because mm-hmm. I think there are so many people wanting to improve our systems um, that I hope one day that will happen. Mm. I love that. Rima, where can folks find out more information about you and how they can support your campaign? Yes, um, my website, which is uh, rima4judge.com, for F-O-R, not the letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also go on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, same uh, handle, rima4judge.com. Uh, but, I mean, rima4judge. But the website has more information about how to support the campaign and more substantive information about me. Excellent. Rima, thank you so much for waking up early or at least talking to us so early this morning. Really appreciate your public service and jumping in into the race and wish you best of luck. Thank you so much, Emily. Thanks, Rima. Bye-bye. Again, that's Rima Gendor, candidate for Multnomah County Circuit Judge. Appreciate her joining us this morning. Those are the four candidates for Multnomah County Circuit Judge. We've interviewed all four of them this week, and we'll be posting these interviews up on our xraypod.com website and on other podcast platforms. I want to make sure you get as many long-form interviews as you can. We're just a few weeks from the May Oregon primary, which is happening on May 19th. In the next week or so, those voter pamphlets will start hitting mailboxes, and then the beginning of May, we'll see those ballots got a lot of a lot of elections to think about and we are doing our best to get as many voices to you as possible so you can be an informed voter again that was Rima Gandor candidate for Multnomah County Circuit Judge you can find out more at Rima which is R-I-M-A for F-O-R judge.com